Hi there, and welcome to the Homestead Education Podcast. Do you have a homestead, farm, or just dream of a rural life? This is a show to help you and your kids grow your own food and grow as a person. I'm your host, Cody Hanner. I'm a homesteader, homeschool mama six, and small town enthusiast. I was raised by an old school rancher and blessed by the grace of God to have been exposed to so much of what rural life has to offer. Join me every week to talk about homesteading, homeschooling, and growth with a homestead education. Hi, everyone. Today, I have Tina Hollenbach from the Homeschool Resource Roadmap. I've actually had her on before as part of the podcast she's involved with, the Homeschool Loftcast. But today, I have her with her Resource Roadmap. So hi, Tina. Hi, Cody. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing great. Just uh, shoveling out from a big blizzard we just got here. I think everybody's under some snow right now. I think so. Yeah. (laughs) Even my hometown in California has snow. I heard San Francisco's getting it. So yeah, I think you're kind of from around there, right? Originally. Yeah. A couple hours North of there, but yeah. Yeah. I don't claim San Francisco. (laughs) No, I'm well, you're a smart woman, but I (laughs) they might be seeing some flurries, which will freak them out, but (laughs) Mm, for sure. I, I saw some beautiful pictures though. So fun. So yeah, I mentioned that you're homeschool resource roadmap. Uh, Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. Um, So the homeschool resource roadmap is a curriculum database, obviously for homeschoolers, though private schools can use it because the whole thing is free to use. Um, Yeah, I've even had public school educators look at it if they were looking for curriculum. Um, That wasn't my intention, but hey, whatever. Um, Right. It started, I actually was thinking about this the other day, obviously preparing to talk with you. <laughs> I'm heading up on my 10 year anniversary. I launched what became oh, the wow. on March 8th, 2013. And I didn't really have any intention to launch a big curriculum uh, database at that time. I can tell you why it started and, and how, but what it has become is a one-stop place for homeschoolers uh, to see all the curriculum that's available for them in every single subject area. And then it lists uh, curricula by different parameters. So what is its position on Common Core? What ages is it for? What worldview religious perspective does it have? Um, how is it delivered? Is it print? Is it online? Are there free parts of it? And I basically do that in different charts that homeschoolers can access their PDF charts. So you can download them or just look at them online. Oh, that's convenient. Yeah. And the whole thing is free. (laughs) That I love. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, there's one part where someone, um, because you can go look and you would do this, Cody, you would be like, Mm -hmm. I'm looking for elementary math and you're going to have fun looking at the literally 800 some elementary math curricula. that are wow great and those are company names those are not book titles those are company names um and you'd have fun with that but some parents get really overwhelmed with that and so um a few years ago i started a service where um if you don't want to look through all the lists yourself you can pay me a small fee to do that for you and then i'll write up a curriculum report but oh um, that's incredibly handy yeah and so that's a, a service that you know is is a paid thing um but you don't have to use it you know like i said anybody who wants to can just go on to any of the charts and look around for themselves and go down however many rabbit holes they want to and find <laughs> stuff for their kids oh i know i would completely geek out looking at all of those 
I actually, before we came on, I went and found myself just to, you know, <laughs> make sure I had you accurately. <laughs> no, it had my old name, but still, I, mean, I only went to the common core one. Yes. I am actually in the process of doing a major update. And since I know that you had changed your name after we talked last time, it will be changed. Mm-hmm. I'll upload the new files. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, that it, it just made more sense. I was going off my old website name that was all about home cooking and now I'm all about education. So Absolutely. So, yeah. so we'll get that change pretty soon. So yeah, no worries. <laughs> I'm sure people will still find me. My uh, old name is still floating around out there. Absolutely. Once on the internet, it's always there. <laughs> yeah. I, I did my domain change almost two months ago and I'm still trying to figure it all out on my backend website stuff. So yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> so uh, part of this is that you assess whether or not they're involved in common core. What made you start that process? Well, that was actually how the roadmap got going. And it it wasn't intended to be the homeschool resource roadmap. It wasn't intended to be a curriculum database. But in March of 2013, Mm. um, back up just a little bit, Common Core standards had come into existence in 2009, and they started being used in schools, public schools in 2010. Um, oh my gosh, has it been that long already? It has been, yeah. And I'm a former public school teacher and <laughs> an interested taxpayer. So even though I was home homeschooling my kids at that time, when my friends who were in the public school started talking about this and just as a taxpayer, I'm like, what is this? Right. Um, I started paying attention in 2009, 2010. And I remember thinking, well, I homeschool. It doesn't matter. It doesn't affect me. But um March 8th, 2013, I got a, an email from a big time curriculum company. And I, I don't want to say the name because mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of a negative thing in my, my book, my personal book. Um, well, and a lot of them, you know, to be able to continue to sell in private schools that get government funding, sometimes their hands are tied. So, right. so there's, you know, I know the reasons, but there was a big company that is very well known that sent, and I had used their curriculum, but I had recently stopped using it. But like you said, you're mm-hmm. trying to think at the back end. I was still on the email list. So yeah. <laughs> Um, Anyway, I got their email blast saying, we have just published our new revisions and they're all aligned with Common Core. And I know I just about lost my lunch and I thought, what's going on? Oh no, oh no. And of course, a lot of my friends were still using the curriculum or or knew about it. And of course, word spread like wildfire over the internet Mm -hmm. and people are like, what's this? And so I found myself explaining Common Core to my friends who didn't really know what it was. Um, And then most of them really were very concerned. And kind of what it ended up to be was not so much, I mean, a lot of people are concerned about the actual methods and approaches, but Mm -hmm. part of it became, what if every single homeschool curriculum company aligns with Common Core and we don't want it, what will we do? So yeah, yeah, even if we take, set aside, you know, the merits or, or Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, and then that very same week, there was another big name curriculum company that posted that they weren't going to change their content for Common Core, but they were going to refer to it when they made future revisions. And that was weird. Uh, to this day, I still don't get what they mean by that exactly, but that was their statement. It's on their website to this day. Um, um, you know, I actually, there's a curriculum that I use. Uh, well, it's, I mean, I'll, I'll say it, it's the 4-H curriculum. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, those are government funded, but they provide something different and they don't follow common core, but they do cite it so that it, and it's so that if teachers want to, you know, find a project that meets that piece that they're supposed to teach, right. 
they can search it that way, which, yeah, again, I'm like, I see it and I'm like, ooh, I don't even want to see this. But in my line of work, the 4-H curriculums are very important. Right. And yeah, so I mean, so as I developed things, I actually made different categories for that reason, because some mm-hmm. were created using Common Core in whatever subject, you know, and then there's mm-hmm. next generation science standards, which are kind of Common Core for science. Some were, no, we're not changing like 4-H, but we're going to map out our correlations, mm-hmm. right? So as I developed this, I ended up wanting to um, distinguish because it's not the same and different things mean different things to different people, right? So if you don't want yeah. to use an aligned curriculum, but you're willing to use something that just maps it out, that, that's a different thing. So, mm-hmm. but anyway, so as the second company kind of announced with big fanfare, um, <laughs> freak out became even more. Oh yeah. Then everybody, so we ended up forming a discussion group on Facebook because that's what you do, right? Mm-hmm. And everybody was... <laughs> very freaked out. They're like, well, if this company's common core, then that one is. And, oh, I, I saw something on their website. That must mean they're common core. And I thought, oh, I, I'm a no drama mama. I can't yep. stand the thought of assumptions and all of this. So as I'm talking them off the cliff, I said, well, somebody's got to actually start asking these companies their position. And, and then of course the next thing was, okay, Tina, you do that. And then we'll blacklist the ones that are common core. <laughs> oh no. Like, no, I mean, I personally am opposed to Common yeah. Core. Mm-hmm. I personally chose not to use it with my children, but I also believe in parental rights. That's, you know, that's right up there with my advocacy for homeschooling is you're the parents, you have the right to choose what you want to use with your own children. Absolutely. And I thought, you know, trying to blacklist people, that just contributes to the negativity in the virtual world. I don't want to be part of that. So <laughs> Um, what I started doing in 2013 was sending an email, which I hoped sounded neutral and and you've received it. So hopefully it Mm -hmm. does. Um, that just says, Hey, you know, homeschoolers, this is an issue that's important to us. Just the same as, you know, what's your worldview, all these other different things. Can you tell me, you know, how are you, uh, dealing with common core? And I, and I'm going to put that information out there for homeschoolers to know about, but again, and I I tried to assure all the providers, you know, it's not going to be a blacklist. It's not going to be a hit list. It's just going to be everything neutral. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't sure um, if I was successful in that until I started getting, I don't know, maybe six months in, I started getting emails from companies that had chosen to align with common core that I hadn't already listed asking if I could be listed, if they could be listed. Because their impression was that the roadmap was a neutral listing and they wanted to be on there. And also they think that being aligned with Common Core is positive, but but that's the good thing. They didn't see the roadmap as a negative, right? They just saw it as information. Um, And so I'm actually really proud of that. You know, again, I have my personal views, but Mm -hmm. my goal was so that homeschoolers were so busy, right? And if you do a Google search for a math or a spelling curriculum, you're only going to get the companies that have the money to pay for ads. And um, I just really wanted everything to be out there. So I didn't want some providers to feel like they couldn't be on there because, oh, you know, it's going to be this, this hit list thing. Like I Right. Said. Well, and then you have to deal with the states that require, which we had talked about this on the other podcast I did with you, the states that require such detailed stuff. Sometimes it is easier for parents to follow a roadmap. Right. Yeah. I mean, thankfully there is no homeschool law that requires common core, which is amazing. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Uh, it, uh, obviously if there are people using, um, online charters that are, have taxpayer funds, that's a different thing, you know, and I, mm-hmm. I know states have different rules about whether that's called homeschooling. It's that loophole to be able to have that freedom without totally having the freedom. <laughs> right. 
Right. But, you know, and I think, you know, it's been out there so long, I don't foresee any state legislature suddenly 13 years later saying, let's mandate Common Core for homeschoolers. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's so old at this point. But right. um, yeah, so the information is out there. And it's kind of funny, because I started sending out these letters. And I thought, well, there's a lot more companies than I think. So I'm probably going to have to send like 300 emails, but I'll do it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, 10 years later, we are at, and not counting the ones that have gone defunct in the meantime, because I update it all the time. And I make sure that the companies that have, don't no longer exist are not there. Mm-hmm. Um, as of today, there are 5,600 and some companies on the roadmap. That is amazing. Isn't it insane? I mean, I'm a capitalist, but it's kind of crazy, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, but I love it because there are so many more options. You know, it's like you said, the freedom to teach our kids how we want. Mm-hmm. And when there's only, you know, a hundred companies monopolizing that entire, um, I don't even know the field. Yeah. You know, it, it's right back to almost the public school system when there's only one option for teaching your kids. Absolutely. You know, and so there are the big names that we all know, you know, that mm-hmm. have school curriculum providers for decades. And, and even when homeschooling was first starting in the modern era, they were, you know, I, I think of like a Becca, they were one of the few that allowed homeschoolers to buy curriculum way back in the 1970s. And that's wonderful, you know, but mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of companies that, and I know, I don't know if you would consider yourself a small provider at this point, and maybe you have dreams of becoming one of the huge big names, but <laughs> How cool that, um, you know, you had this vision to create a homesteading curriculum mm-hmm. and you can do it, right? So, and some people say to me, you know, Tina, don't list every single thing, just list the big things. Or I have YouTube channels that homeschoolers use. Like I'm in a oh, bunch yeah. of groups and people are like, I use this YouTube channel. So I send them a query and I get them added. And people are like, that's just a YouTube channel. Stop adding it. And I'm like, who am I to say what's legitimate homeschool resources and not? Well, you know, if they're promoting themselves as a resource, or if they have gotten so much notoriety that a large following of homeschoolers are using them, then yeah, I think it's important to know where they stand. Right. And, and even so, and even if you take out the common core piece, um, so what happened after a couple of years in, and we maybe had a thousand companies, um, Mm -hmm. are like, well, this is great, Tina, but I don't know which ones have spelling for my, my Mm 10-year-old can't tell by all the company names. And so that's where the rest of the roadmap came to be. So I've left the common core project up there. And if somebody only wants to know about that, it's always updated and they can check. But if they're like, you know, that's important, but I also want to know which one is the spelling, which one is the art appreciation Mm -hmm. and and all that kind of thing. The rest of my website has all that information. And, um, and so I spent time re-going through all the websites and saying, all right, what do you all have? And some of them, of course, have every subject area under the sun, or it's a complete package or this or that. Mm-hmm. But some of the smaller companies are like, here, I have a, I have a, um, I don't know, a sewing curriculum. And that's all they do, you know, and it's a mom and a pop thing. And it's part of their family income. And it's wonderful. So, um, so I've been able to distinguish and, and help everybody see what's out there for all the different subject areas, too. Oh, that's great. Um, so I, I guess this is kind of moving backwards at this point, but I don't know that I even know some of this. What would you, don't, not really sure how I, how I want to word it, 
But what is your interpretation of Common Core for maybe families that aren't as familiar with it because it hasn't been such a big deal the last few years? Right. Um, I guess it's not a big deal because people are used to it, right? It's mm-hmm. all, it, you know, and I, I'm going to speak again personally, I'm opposed to it. But so it's kind of like that frog mm-hmm. that got stuck in the pot of water cold water and then the heat got turned up and it gets boiled to death, but it doesn't know it. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what? I actually, I have shirts and tumblers that say chicken math, homestead, common core. <laughs> I love it. Because <laughs> um, everybody knows the chicken math doesn't make sense. Yeah, of course. Well, chickens don't make sense. Right. I mean, right. So many people have them. I don't have any, but I have friends who post nothing but chicken memes and right. <laughs> so, um, So anyway, so Common Core literally started in the public schools, like I said, in 2010. It was adopted in 2009 and public schools, depending on the states, you know, started uh, and curriculum companies that market primarily to public schools started adapting it in 2010. Um, Mm -hmm. First homeschool curriculum companies were 2013. Um, And like kind of you alluded to, a lot of the companies for homeschoolers that have aligned or even correlated to Common Core, they also market to public schools. And that's the reason. Um, a lot of the companies that are exclusive to homeschoolers, they have chosen to stay away from Common Core. So oftentimes that's maybe the reason why they do or they don't. Um, so it started, in, uh, there was a committee and it started for language arts and math. There was a committee that wrote these standards for each of those subject areas. Um, and then it was voted in by however they, they did that. I mean, there's names and stuff, but I'm not going to drop all of that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the federal government offered grants, substantial millions, billions of dollar grants to states who would adopt Common Core. And by 2010, 45 states had done that. I think 44 in the District of Columbia, but something like that, right? And then a few holdouts mm-hmm. refused to adopt it, Texas being one, because Texas, right? Right. They're <laughs> <laughs> not going to do anything everybody else does. Um, but most of the states did because they wanted the money. Um, yeah. One of my problems, just philosophically, with the very existence of any kind of federal standard, because people will argue with me all the time, these are not federal standards, the states voluntarily chose to adopt them. Mm. No, they didn't. When you're dangling millions of dollars in yeah. front of public schools who feel like they don't have enough money. Yeah, they're already struggling. Exactly. So it it was coerced, right? And yeah. so my biggest problem, I think, philosophically, is that our constitution forbids federal involvement in education. So Honestly, constitutionally, the Department of Education shouldn't exist. <laughs> um, and I, 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 don't, I sound like a tinfoil hat war, but really that is what the Constitution says. The 10th Amendment. You know what? Rock the shiny hat. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, so I have a problem with that. And then the Common Core standards literally are, in practice, federal standards. So one of my arguments has been, hey, because some people will be like, we should have federal standards because people move so much around these days. And you need to know, you know, if you go to Idaho or Wisconsin, you have to have the same things. My argument would be then let's amend the Constitution, because right now, mm-hmm. any federal education, anything literally violates the Constitution. So if we really want to change, we have to start where we need to. So I think when you well, start, and, you know, some people move specifically because they want to get away from the educational systems in some states. Yeah, and and I I mean I personally love the fact that our our system lets each state have its own educational system, mm-hmm. and it should. That's how our country was founded. Well, yeah, so. the states should have more power. Exactly. So, but it's been mixed up for about you know 80, 90 years here, right? Yeah. 
Um, right. So that's one of the big problems I have. And then um, in terms of content, like one of the things, uh, one of the main people who had been on the Common Core Committee for math, for example, James Milgram, um, he is a mathematics professor. He refused to sign off on the final product because he said this is developmentally inappropriate for young children in particular. Wow. And Which is where they push it the hardest. Yes. And so now he's a strong advocate against, and he has been since 2010. And then um, I think it was Sharon Stotsky. She was one of the same kind of committee people for language arts. And she had been on the committee, but saw the final project and she refused to sign off on it and now lobbies against the language arts ones. So um, part of the problem is that the content and the methodology is not good for kids. <laughs> um, and so I have a problem with that. And then just even from a homeschool perspective, so that's kind of from a taxpayer perspective, it's like, mm. why well, would you want to pay for stuff that isn't good for kids? Um, but from a homeschool perspective, that whole thing I mentioned earlier, where if homeschoolers feel compelled to adopt and use these standards, we lose our freedom of choice. Yes. We have yeah. different <laughs> ways of educating our kids. And isn't that why we homeschool to begin with? <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. And thankfully, and that's, that was really my impetus behind starting to send all the letters was um, what, what are we going to be facing here? And thankfully, um, when I just look at all the things on the roadmap, about 60% of all the providers on the roadmap are not connected to Common Core in any way. Whether we're I did notice that as I was scrolling through. We're talking about correlated or aligned. About 40% are either correlated or aligned. Um mm -hmm. I haven't taken the time to look and say, you know, if you're a homeschool only market versus public school, I'm sure it's way much more. It's probably more like 80, 90% um, have chosen not to connect to Common Core. Um, and I, yeah, some providers five or six years in kind of saw the bad results of Common Core. So they switched and they said, well, we're going back to what we did before. So we're not Common Core anymore. So that's good. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely, that's a positive there. Um, it's just, yeah, it's such a scary concept what they're doing to, or what they have done to our educational system. And I think that we're all seeing the consequences of that. You know, if you think, yeah, you're right. If we think about it in the public schools, it started in 2010. So we are now one school generation through with Common Core. Mm -hmm. And college professors are throwing up their arms in dismay because the students who come in are illiterate and innumerate. They literally don't know anything. <laughs> Um, and that's, they were common core kids. That's interesting. I'm going to be having a professor on in a couple of weeks. And it was actually one of my professors. And I think that'll be something I'm going to ask her. Yeah. Ask her if she's seen a difference, you know, uh, generationally between how the students are coming in their, their level of preparedness. Of course she was an, she's an ag major or an ag instructor, which they tend to, they get a group of kids that are taught differently outside of the schools yeah mm -hmm. they get a lot they come in with a lot more hands-on experience and stuff but I still would be interested to see what she's seeing yeah yeah let me know what you find out I'm curious absolutely um like I said she was one of my instructors when I was in college and I was a little older when I went back to college so I had a I feel like I had a slightly different relationship with a lot of my instructors mm -hmm became a little bit more friends than students. Yes. I did the same thing because my 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 college journey is like all over the place. I was supposed to be veterinarian. Huh, I'm not. <laughs> and I changed uh, yeah. 
times and had to go back for this certification or that license. So yeah, Mm -hmm. that was a neat benefit to being older and more confident and being able to talk to the professors like they're real people. So absolutely. I mean, I went back, uh, let's see, I graduated when I was 29. Hmm. So I still wasn't crazy older, but I mean, I was a single mom in college and was just in a different place. Yeah. Yeah. Your motivation is different and and your planning and all of that kind of thing. Right. Absolutely. (laughs) So, I mean, you definitely, uh, you know, have made it clear that you don't, uh, support common core at this point. Has that affected, um, anyone who has been on your list? Because at first they were excitedly getting on your list. I think at this point you've made it clear that. <laughs> you know, I think at the beginning, it was even more clear that I personally was opposed to Common Core because mm-hmm. a lot of people were asking the question that you asked, um, you know, what is it? Why are people negative? Why, why, why do you think it's bad? So mm-hmm. I, um, at that time in 2013, I was a pretty heavy duty blogger. And so I wrote articles about it and that kind of a thing. Um and I, I even say on the roadmap, you know, I personally, this is not for me. Um, but I do think that the vast majority of companies, even if they are aligned with Common Core, um, sometimes they've asked me after I send the letter and I will tell them, you know, personally this, but but look at the roadmap and do you feel like it's biased or not? And generally they come back and say no. Um, <laughs> I've had a couple of providers that, um, refuse to be listed on the roadmap, but I mean, mm-hmm. out of 5,000, some companies, I, I could probably count on one hand. I, I have a little file in my computer. It's like, okay, these are the weirdos. <laughs> right. Like, you don't want to be marketed because uh, the thing is I'm sharing information about their company. And even if, yeah, well, I mean, even or, if they are aligned, it still gives an opportunity for a family to make that decision because there could be other redeeming qualities about that particular curriculum. Yeah. And if they honestly, if they're aligned because they think that standards are good and there's a good reason for them to be aligned with them, they should shout it, you know, from the rooftops, Mm -hmm. just be bold. I mean, stand behind your choices and decisions, whatever they are. Right. And Mm -hmm. um, so, but I've had a couple of companies that have said, no, you may not list me at all. And uh, the funny thing is one of them, I remember in particular, um, he said, well, I'm not common core, but you don't have permission to list me on your website anywhere. I'm like, okay. And within, I'm not kidding, within about two or three years, he had gone out of business. And it's not because he wasn't on the roadmap. Well, yeah. It's free advertising. That's the thing. I link to every single website. And so it's completely free advertising for every company. And the the guy wasn't even aligned with Common Core. So it made no sense to me. (laughs) Well, and actually that brings up what was going to be my next question or thing that I wanted to point out is I noticed that you state specifically that even though you link to every company that you aren't doing it for any affiliate funds. Right. Um, so when I started the roadmap, so, you know, I, I homeschooled my girls all the way through, they graduated together in 2020 because they're mm-hmm. Irish twins. So my <laughs> older chose to redshirt herself so she could graduate with her little sister. Um, so oh, that's I, nice. I know they were born in 2001, 2002. I quit my public school teaching job at that time. And people can say what they want about teacher salaries, but my husband has a similar degree to myself, you know, a bachelor's without anything else. Uh And we lost over half our income when I quit my job (laughs) Um, and the benefits. So, I mean, it is what it is, but at that time it's like, all right, what can we do to have some extra income? And so when I started homeschooling, I did become an affiliate to a whole bunch of companies to try to draw Mm -hmm. a little income in. 
but I felt really strongly convicted when I started the roadmap to um, to uh, cut those affiliate links off mm-hmm. so that nobody could think that I was trying to promote one curriculum over another. So you like go to my website and you click on, I used all about spelling. I love all about spelling. I <laughs> right? for all about spelling, but I do not use any affiliate links for all about spelling on the roadmap because yeah, again, I want people to feel like, you know, all... <laughs> 200 spelling options are just as legit as the next one. Yeah. You know, I'm, I actually, the reason I noticed that is when this morning, when I was going over your website to make sure I was ready for our conversation, I thought, Hey, she contacted me and put me on there and I didn't offer her an affiliate link. I need to do that. And then I went and looked and I said, Oh, she doesn't do that. But I mean, that's nice, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, and maybe I'll get back to blogging and I can do some affiliate linking that way. But it just struck me that, you know, I don't want someone to question my integrity because um, I think that, you know, personally speaking for me, I feel like my personal integrity is one of the most valuable things that I have. And, and I, it's, it's hard enough when, I stand against something that a lot of people think is great. Mm -hmm. Um, So the last thing I need to know, you know, someone finding a skeleton in my closet somewhere. So, (laughs) well, I think we all have them to some extent. So have them, but in relation to the roadmap, I didn't want anything there. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I kind of laugh at this day and age with the internet. I mean, if you have skeletons, it's because you were better at keeping secrets before the internet came out. So <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't think anyone can have skeletons anymore. No, absolutely not. So, and that's why I said, I, I can't hide my personal position about common core because mm-hmm. it's helpful. And I feel like, so when someone asks me, um, you know, what curriculum to use or this or that, or if they mention a particular curriculum that I know is aligned with common core, um, I will ask them, would you like my personal opinion about that? Or do you just want information about the resource? Because I'm willing to do both. Um, and it, it cuts even beyond common core. Um, I'm a Christian, but I list every single resource on the roadmap, mm-hmm. no matter what worldview perspective, the, the author or the creator of that program either holds personally or they, or they put into their curriculum. And I just list it there as information. Um, you know, I could completely understand that because I, I, we're eclectic homeschoolers. So I just teach whatever curriculum makes sense. And I have, I haven't ran across any, but I personally, you know, I teach secular, I teach Christian, I teach Catholic. I've taught, you know, some ones that they make it clear they're Mormon. And, um, I think there's only a couple that, um, I think, you know, there's a couple of religions that if I saw that on there, I'd probably not be interested, but we're pretty inclusive. Right, right. Well, and the cool thing too about the roadmap is um, there are, let's say, for example, there are literally Muslim homeschoolers in America these days. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of Muslim material specifically, but there's a couple and I wasn't going to not include it just because I'm not. And there's a couple right. of Buddhist curricula. And I'm like, well, you know, have at it again. I'm a Christian. I hope people come to have faith in Christ. But my role with the roadmap is to show what's out there for everybody. So, mm-hmm. no, I think that's great. And, um, you know, then there's also, you know, which <laughs> the whole conversation of accepting government money for homeschooling is a completely different topic (laughs) but that's a big can of worms there (laughs) it really is and you know I have I know where I stand with it and I also know how it's helped us when we originally started homeschooling Mm -hmm. and I know that 
you know, they'll give you tons of money to buy homeschool curriculum, but they won't, you know, cover Christian curriculums. So they'll, you know, the program we were in allowed us to still teach Christian curriculum and they would accept it as, um, because it was through a charter school, Mm -hmm. um, they would accept it as our education. Like if we use a Christian English curriculum, it's so counted for our English, they just wouldn't pay for it. Yeah. And that is a big can of worms because kind of like common core, the idea is, you know, if, if everybody gets their curriculum paid for, will the Christian curricula be able to maintain an audience? Yeah. And that, that's a big question. And, you know, now, like I said, when we originally started homeschooling, we went through a charter. And I, I think if you're choosing to go through a charter, like that's kind of where you stand with that, you know, that the government still be involved. You're still technically public schooling, but for some families, you know, for us, we were scared. We didn't know what homeschooling was. Mm-hmm. We had no intention of ever homeschooling our kids. Yeah. It wasn't even a conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then when it became the conversation, we needed help. And I mean, we had, we had no clue where to even start. We didn't know the laws. We didn't know anything. And even though it was only seven or eight years ago, there still wasn't the resources out there that there is now, or that we didn't know there was the resources that there are now. And so having a charter program like that for a couple of years was really, it was a huge catalyst for us to be able to start homeschooling, have someone guide us through those first couple of years. And I'm appreciative for it, but I would never go back to a program like that. Right now, you know too much, right? You're too eclectic, and right? exactly. But for families that maybe they don't know if that's what they want to do, and so well, let's try homeschooling for a year and do it through a program like that. It's much easier to integrate your kids back into a regular public school program. But if you know that this is what you're wanting to do, pull them, get them out, get as far away from it as possible. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and, and to your point and, and your experience, um, I think it's it's fine as long as a family acknowledges and realizes, like you said, if you're, if you're in a charter, um, your, your kids are counted as public school students. Mm -hmm. I think two rare exceptions. I think Alaska and California have part of their homeschool law, where if you take the government funds, they do have a category for um, in their law that calls you homeschoolers, right? Mm -hmm. The other States don't, um, you're, you're a public school student in a different way. Um, and I'm okay with that. You know, if a family says this is our choice and this is what we're doing, they can certainly use the roadmap and and all of that. Um, Mm -hmm. where I get a little bit, um, concerned is where families in those programs say, I am homeschooling because my kids are at home. I don't care what the law says. I'm like, but the law does govern. Uh The things, and we don't want to blur that line, you know, and, and I was, um, I'm, I was part of a homeschool group here in my community for my girls whole lives that, um, does not allow the virtual public school families to join the homeschool group. Mm -hmm. And, um, there's a lot of animosity among virtual homeschool family or virtual school families about Mm -hmm. that. Um, and I, I understand what I try to do. I do want to clarify the program we were in was not a virtual program. It was not like a K-12 type program. Okay. Yeah, it was. It was a group of homeschool families who needed that loophole and they hired a teacher who got us funding through a public school district. Yeah. And we still taught whatever we wanted. (laughs) Right. And and there's all kinds of iterations of it. Right. Uh Uh, So, but here um, there's a little form we have to fill out in Wisconsin. And so the group decided for various reasons, um, to say you have to submit your copy of your form to be a member of the group. And of course that, that did, you know, on the surface, that looks really biased and really bigoted. <laughs> and, <laughs> right. um, 
I mean, it looks bad, right? And mm-hmm. so try to explain to the family. So uh, some of the people in the group were like, just love it, you know, like it or lump it, we don't care. But I tried to explain to the families that were in those, those public school programs said, it's not about you. It really, really isn't. You're, you've got your kids at home. You're doing what you feel called to do. It's great. But it's, the issue is the government funding. So if yeah. this private homeschool group had allowed the government funding that these other families were getting to come into the group, it really could have caused the homeschool group to be audited and to have mm-hmm. regulation and all of that. So what I've tried to tell people is when you see a homeschool group that says, if you're in a, you know, a charter program, you can't join. Mm-hmm. It's not because we think you're bad parents. It's just oh, yeah. because the government is the government. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it's a hard choice as a provider now on my end of it, because there are a couple of programs that are state programs that provide funding. Yeah. Um, I have opted. I am only a vendor for the Idaho one Hmm. specifically. So because this one is, it was leftover COVID money that they said, Hey, any parents homeschooled or public schooled, can get these extra funds to mm-hmm. buy whatever you want to assist in education yeah. um, to make up for the time that the kids weren't in school. Right. You can. So I opted to do that one, but I don't touch any of the others because I was like, well, let me do what I can for my local people who want to be able to buy this. Sure. But beyond that, I was like, I'm staying out of it after these funds are gone. Yeah. Yeah. It it is a tough call because there's a lot of money in it. And if you're a homeschool curriculum provider trying to make sure you stay afloat, Mm -hmm. I understand the temptation. I I do. Um, Like you're, you're weighing the pros and cons and you made your decision. So Mm -hmm. I think that's wise because the more we let the government under the tent, (laughs) um, right. There's always going to be repercussions down the line, even if it looks good now. And that's the problem. It shouldn't be that way, but it is. I actually worry more about the families where they're going to come back and be like, okay, now you have to prove what you did. And, you know, for me, if they are like, well, we can't, you know, accept you anymore because you don't align or something, then I'd be like, okay, great. You don't accept me anymore. You know? And good for you. Good for you. I mean, that's what we have to do. We have to stand on our own convictions. This is where I really feel like I have to be Mm -hmm. and that it will work out for your family, for your business and and not get (laughs) wishy-washy. I feel really bad for some families at a conference I was just at mm-hmm. where they, it was a new conference for our area that is really supporting a lot of new homeschoolers Yeah, because our area has, you know, not only our state has the best homeschooling laws, mm-hmm. our area is kind of a hotbed of homeschoolers. I mean, in my County, 40% of the kids homeschool. Wow. And that doesn't include the Mennonite families that have like a homeschool hybrid program through their church. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, that's all like almost all my neighbors homeschool. My kids play with kids, you know, homeschooled, public schooled and, um, you know, Mennonite kids. Yeah. yeah. And so it's a really, it's, it's such a great community to raise our kids in. Yeah. But this conference finally decided to do a, like a pilot conference in our area. Mm-hmm. And they had a talk on what these government programs really mean. Yeah. And some of these young families that just started homeschooling, they came out and I was a sponsor for the program. So I was right outside the door. Yeah. 
and they were coming out upset and like, we just feel dumb for what we did. And we know, cause we accepted this money. And I was like, no, no, like you, you made that first choice to be able to homeschool your kids. And you didn't know that this was a bad thing or that it could be a bad thing. You're informed now, finish out your school year and decide what's right for you next year. Yeah. 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 We can't beat ourselves up for in any realm of life, right. For what mm-hmm. we know. And I mean, the government knows about your kids, regardless, you have birth certificates. My husband's a veteran, you know, we have to like, tell them everything we're doing, you know, (laughs) but, you know, I felt really bad for some of these young families. They're like, we thought we were doing the right thing. And I was like, no, don't, you know, I don't think that was the point of that talk. Right. They were not here to shame you. Like you said, they can decide uh, going forward if they feel comfortable with it or not, because they gained Mm -hmm. And that's a good thing. Well, like I said, for families that, you know, for us, we never thought we were going to be homeschoolers. And when we did decide to homeschool, we had an eighth grader was our oldest. And we're like, well, he's going to want to go back to high school next year. So we need to make sure that we homeschool him in a way that he can integrate right back into high school easily. Sure. He never did go back. We decided (laughs) this was a much better option for us. But yeah, that was a scary time to make that choice. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I think there, there needs to be no judgment on how you get Mm -hmm. in. Um, But just, you know, if if you're a parent wanting to start out or starting out, um, educate yourself, right. So that you know the ins and the outs of what the different decisions mean and, and own it. Um, Like we said, with the curriculum providers, whatever, whatever they decide to do with common core, whichever path you choose to go on, own it and Mm -hmm. just, go with it, but, but be informed, right? If you're just kind of going along with the flow and you haven't chosen to start to educate yourself, I think that's a very dangerous path to be on. It really is. And I'm even when we decided to homeschool, we had to make a choice within like a week. Yeah. We had an incident happen at the school. We had to make a choice. And that, that was, I think part of what made it so scary is this wasn't a decision we came to as a family that this was right. And we were called to do it. And so on and so forth. We had an incident that we had to make a choice immediately. Yeah. Well, and COVID did that for so many, right? In 2020. And if they muscled through March to May, (laughs) they might've had the summer to think about it, but not really because Mm -hmm. they didn't know what the schools were going to do with the policies until August. And people still don't, the, the, they don't put it out there what the homeschool laws are. So when you try to sit down and talk with, you know, your children's teachers or the administrators and say, Hey, I think this might be the best choice for my kids. They're going to make it sound really scary. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, Oh, you have to turn in a letter letting us know that you're making the choice to pull them out. And it feels very, uh, it's a, it's a scary, like I, you know, I had an autistic son and so well, I still have an autistic son, but he was, <laughs> I didn't sell him or anything, but you know, um, they, you know, it made it really scary. Like if you pull him out, you're not going to be able to receive any more services for him. And that's just not the truth. Like you, if you're a homeschool family, you can go to your pediatrician and say, Hey, my kid needs speech therapy. And they're going to get you a speech therapist. You don't have to do it through the school, but they lead you to believe that, you have to, but it's just one program that has you do it through the school. Yeah. You know, and that's interesting. So I was a public school teacher for nine years before my kids were born. And I, Mm -hmm. I that was my mission field for that time of my life um, before my husband and I had kids and it was nine years. Um, 
I just went through the teacher training program. I just, I, I didn't think anything of it. I now know that the fact that that teacher training program is pretty biased, you know, but I didn't realize it at the time. Mm-hmm. So what I think about public school teachers, when you talk to them about homeschooling is you've got a subset of them that knows what homeschooling is all about. They probably do know the homeschool law and how much freedom we have and mm-hmm. their ideologues for the public system. And they're going to do everything they can to scare you away from homeschooling. There is a subset of those people. <laughs> oh yeah. But a lot of them just don't know about homeschooling. Mm-hmm because their wheelhouse is public school information, knowledge, laws, rules, and they have never thought about the fact that there could be anything different than the rules and the laws that they operate under. So they're well-meaning, they're just ill-informed, but they still tell you scary things because they don't know any better. I mean, I almost wish, wish like before your kids are turned five or something that uh, you know, the pediatrician handed you out like a flyer on what are all your schooling options. Wouldn't that be nice if they could be like non-biased and just throw you the information? <laughs> yeah. Like I, I don't, maybe that's like, should be a mission to somebody is to be reaching these families before they just assume what their next step is. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I do feel like there are a lot more options for schooling your kids in this day and age, whether even if homeschooling isn't your option, there's publics, there's charters, there's online programs. Of course, you know, we're having the conversation about keeping the government out of it, but I do think it's important that families know that there's other options. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. They have to know everything so they can make a a wise, well-informed choice. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that would be a really, that would be a good one to try and reach those younger families with younger kids, um, before they just assume that they have to choose the one option. Absolutely. Right. So as we're coming to the end of our time, you've gotten this question before, but let's see if you get, um, let, let's see if you have a new one. Okay. <laughs> What's well, my, I have a different hat on today. <laughs> Ooh. So what does keep growing mean to you? Okay. Ironically, it means the roadmap never stops growing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, cause seriously, I have, I don't know. I sent out five new letters yesterday. Um, oh, wow. I look at the homeschool convention um, exhibitor websites. I can't go to oh, all the conventions but every spring um, as the conventions come up. I look at their exhibitor lists and I send out new letters. I haven't yet done that for this year. I'm always a little scared because <laughs> I think, oh, I've got everybody. There's like a dozen. No, there's like hundreds. Oh, so, goodness. Um, so the roadmap keeps growing. Um, homeschool curriculum options keep growing. I, I think overall, that's a good thing. It, it means, and if I got paid for this, I'd be a millionaire because <laughs> it never, it never stops. Right. Um, but I do think having the options, having the choice, um, being able to see so many people. And again, when I found out about your curriculum, I thought, how cool is that? I wish I still had homeschooled kids and I would, right. it better. I might just buy it for my own information because I have an infant grandson and maybe we'll do stuff in my backyard. Um, oh goodness. You should. Yeah. So, so that's cool. So I love seeing by knowing all the curriculum providers, I love seeing the creativity. I love seeing the initiative. Um, I love seeing the growth in all these people who like you are starting out with new, interesting products and ways of doing things. Um, and I think that's just a cool thing. Um, the homeschool community as a whole around the nation is growing and not just because of COVID because mm-hmm. they might've pulled their kids because of COVID, but most of them have continued homeschooling since then. Yeah. They realize that it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in Wisconsin, where I am, the numbers, the COVID year jumped from like 20,000 to 32,000. 
And then the right. next year, they went down to only 29,000. So most yeah. of them stayed put, which is cool. Yeah, um, that is really cool. So I think, you know, keep growing in terms of homeschool curricula. Um, just know that there's always going to be something out there. So if something you're using now isn't working, um, look at the roadmap and find something else because it's there. <laughs> That's why we're eclectic homeschoolers, because I absolutely love just teaching to my kids and what their interests are. Right. And that's what it's all about. It's not about teaching the curriculum. It's about teaching to the children and finding appropriate tools um, that will work for each one. Well, that's great. Well, thank you so much for joining me. And I will link uh, the homeschool resource roadmap in the show notes. Make sure you guys go check that out. And if you feel overwhelmed, Tina has other options for you. Thank you so much for coming on today. Well, thanks for having me. It's been a blast. Thank you for joining me today at the Homestead Education, and I hope that I have given you something to think about this week. To help others find me, please comment and leave a review on your favorite podcast player. You can also follow me on Facebook at the Homestead Education and Instagram at Homestead underscore education. Do you have questions that you would like answered or just want to say hi? Please email me at hello at the homesteadeducation.com. Until next time, keep growing!